Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit saymythyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, is there a relationship between eczema and thyroid autoimmunity? So in 2018, I actually wrote an article related to eczema and thyroid autoimmunity, which you can find on my website, naturalendocrinesolutions.com. However, I will also make sure to include a link to the episode in the show notes, which you could check out by visiting savemythyroid.com. I'll also be discussing some journal articles related to eczema, but I did want to mention here that there are three major factors that contribute to the pathogenesis of eczema, according to one of the studies. One is damage of the skin barrier, two, disorders of the immune response, and three, imbalances of the skin microbiome, which I will be discussing during the episode. And I need to mention that genetics play a role However, just as is the case with Graves and Hashimoto's, environmental factors also are important. So just because you have the genes for eczema does not mean that you will develop eczema. And of course, the same is true with Graves and Hashimoto's. Just because you have the genes for thyroid autoimmunity doesn't mean that you will develop an autoimmune thyroid condition. So I am looking at my article from April 9, 2018, titled How to Overcome Eczema in Graves and Hashimoto's. Again, I'll include the link to this as well as the journal articles I'll be discussing in the show notes, savemythyroid.com is where you can find them. And so I start off by discussing how skin conditions are common in those with thyroid and autoimmune thyroid conditions and how eczema, which is also referred to as atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis, is a chronic condition that is characterized by red and itchy skin. And then I go on to say how eczema is especially common in those with autoimmune conditions, such as Graves' and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Then mention how seborrheic dermatitis is sometimes confused with eczema, but itching isn't as common, and it frequently clears up on its own after a few weeks or sometimes a few months. Then I mention how eczema is more common in childhood, and while most cases will resolve before adolescence, approximately 25% will continue to have eczema as an adult. And I talk about some of the causes of eczema, mentioning that the risk of getting eczema is around 75% in identical twins, but only 30% in fraternal twins. So there definitely is a genetic component. But as I mentioned, environment plays a big role as well. And then I mentioned two proposed theories as to why eczema develops. And again, this is according to the research. And so one, st- one theory states that eczema is caused by an imbalance of the adaptive immune system, specifically T helper cells and regular T cells. And I mentioned how, according to the theory, atopic dermatitis, which again is another name for eczema, is considered to be a Th2 dominant state. And I mentioned how previously I discussed how most cases of Graves' disease are also considered to be Th2 dominant conditions, whereas Hashimoto's is considered to be more of a Th1 dominant condition. And so if the theory is correct, we would expect eczema to be more common in those who have Graves' disease and less common in those with Hashimoto's. Now, it doesn't mean that if someone has Hashimoto's, they can't have eczema, but again, that's according to, to this theory. And then theory number two relates to defects in the skin barrier, which can also relate to mutations in something called the filaggrin gene. And then according to this theory, those with this mutation will produce less filaggrin, which in turn leads to skin barrier dysfunction, 
and transepidermal water loss. But again, there are environmental factors. And so I go on to talk about the four categories of triggers, which I have mentioned in other podcast episodes, foods such as gluten, dairy, corn can potentially cause problems and lead to immune system disorders, problems with the gut. So it makes sense to go on an elimination diet to see if that'll help. Not only the three common allergens I mentioned, but other allergens as well. Stress. So I mentioned how a few different studies show a correlation between psychological stress and eczema. And one of these studies mentioned that dysfunction of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or HPA axis is present in patients with atopic dermatitis due to effects of chronic stress on the immune system. So yeah, another reason why we can't overlook stress as being a factor, even in so-called skin conditions. And then infection. So according to the research, the skin of the patient with atopic dermatitis is often colonized with Staphylococcus aureus. And I've gone to say how this doesn't mean that antibiotics or even natural antimicrobials need to be taken, especially in mild cases of eczema. And then I mentioned other infections can be secondary causes of eczema, such as H. pylori or parasites. And then environmental chemicals, those are the fourth category of triggers. And I mentioned how a few studies have demonstrated that both indoor and outdoor air pollutants are related to the prevalence, development, and exacerbation of atopic dermatitis, aka eczema. And some of the pollutants, some of the air pollutants that can play a role include VOCs, formaldehyde, heavy metals, carbon monoxide, tobacco smoke, as well as ground-level ozone. Again, there's a reference there, so this isn't just me talking about this. And also came across a study which showed a relationship between hard water, chlorine, and eczema. So if you're dealing with eczema, regardless of whether you have Graves or Hashimoto's, you want to clean up your diet, you want to do things to manage stress, and you want to do things to reduce your toxic burden. And then I go on in the article, I talk about the gut versus the skin microbiome, consists of different microbes, including bacteria, fungi, and viruses. And I mentioned how many people consider the outer layer of skin as a bunch of dead cells. It's actually biologically active. Then I go on to compare it to a leaky gut, which involves a disruption of the intestinal barrier, but disruptions of the epidermal barrier of the skin can also be problematic, and that eczema is frequently the first manifestation of a defective skin barrier. And I mentioned how we have tests that could determine if someone has a leaky gut and increase in intestinal permeability, but I'm not aware of any testing to determine if you have a disruption of the skin barrier. And then I go on to talk about conventional treatment options for eczema, oral and topical corticosteroids, systemic immunosuppressants, oral antihistamines, even phototherapy. I mean, those are options in some cases to consider, but it makes sense to address the underlying cause. So I go on to talk about some of the things I just mentioned. So cleaning up your diet, improving stress handling skills, minimize your exposure to environmental chemicals, correcting nutrient deficiencies, doing things to lower histamine. I mentioned that there's evidence that eating a low histamine diet can help with some cases of eczema. I mentioned that in the diet. And so doing things to lower histamine, which I have other episodes on the podcast where I talk more about that, reducing pro-inflammatory cytokines, as well as improving the health of your gut, as well as your skin microbiome. Then I mentioned how some of the same factors can have a negative effect on your gut microbiome that also impacts your skin microbiota. But then you also want to be cautious about chemicals that you apply in your skin and try to your best to use natural soaps as well as cosmetics. And I mentioned how hard water and chlorine might be a factor. 
So if you have hard water, maybe getting a water softener, even if you don't have hard water, getting a quality shower filter. I mentioned how chlorine can be a factor. And of course, most chlorinated. And yeah, I, I go on to mention how it's not like I never swim in chlorinated pools. Although honestly, I, these days I really don't. <laughs> My daughters are still teenagers, but they're older now. So it's been a while since I've been in a pool. But if you have eczema, you might at least want to consider taking a break from swimming in chlorinated pools just to see if it helps. And then there's the research. So there's a few research studies. So one, a new autoimmune disease, atopic dermatitis in children. This is from 2022. And it starts off by saying that atopic dermatitis is mainly considered an allergy exacerbated by allergic factors. But then it mentions the three major factors that contribute to the pathogenesis of eczema, which is, again, damage to the skin barrier, disorders of the immune response, and imbalances of the skin microbiome. And then it concludes by saying all of this evidence suggests that eczema might be classified more as an autoimmune disease and not just an allergic reaction, which now we know, but years ago, we didn't know. And then another journal article from April 2013 showed an association between atopic dermatitis and thyroid disease among U.S. adults. And the abstract mentions that Atopic dermatitis is a common and chronic inflammatory dermatological condition that affects the daily life of individuals. And many studies have discussed the numerous autoimmune conditions that are potentially associated with eczema. And it goes on to say that recent research has suggested that the underlying pathophysiology of eczema may contribute to the development of autoimmunity. In addition, our group has reported that psoriasis is associated with our dysfunction. So again, that's a completely different topic. But yeah, so both eczema and psoriasis can be associated with thyroid dysfunction. But what's interesting, it says that having atopic dermatitis or eczema may contribute to development of autoimmunity. So suggesting that that came first. And sometimes it's the opposite, though. So here it's just saying that first comes the eczema, and that may contribute to the development of Graves as well as Hashimoto's. But it does go on to say that there is limited research directly exploring the relationship between atopic dermatitis and thyroid disease in a large U.S. adult population. And then another study from 2021 showed an association between atopic dermatitis, again, eczema, and autoimmune conditions in general, not just Graves, Hashimoto's. And the conclusions show that this large population-based study indicates significant autoimmune comorbidity of adults with atopic dermatitis, especially between eczema and autoimmune dermatological, gastrointestinal, and rheumatological diseases. So again, not mentioning specifically thyroid and having multiple autoimmune diseases resulting in a stronger association with atopic dermatitis and having only one autoimmune disease. So again, just the same with Graves and Hashimoto's. If you have one of those, you are more likely to have other autoimmune conditions as well. So it's really not a surprise since eczema now is classified more as an autoimmune condition. If you have eczema or again, atopic dermatitis, that you're more likely to have other autoimmune conditions. But this one didn't mention thyroid autoimmunity. They mentioned again, other autoimmune dermatological conditions as well as gastrointestinal and rheumatological diseases. And then one more study also looked at atopitis and the risk of developing other autoimmune conditions. And this also concluded that people with 
atopic dermatitis have increased multiple autoimmune conditions, especially those with more severe atopic dermatitis. So that is my answer to the question, is there a relationship between eczema and thyroid autoimmunity? So there were a number of different studies showing that those with eczema, again, atopic dermatitis, had an increased risk of developing other autoimmune conditions in general, not just Graves, Hashimoto's, but different types of autoimmune conditions. Then there was that one journal article that did seem to suggest that having eczema increased the likelihood of developing an autoimmune thyroid condition such as Graves and Hashimoto. So yeah, it does seem like there is a relationship. Obviously, this doesn't mean that most people with Graves and Hashimoto's will develop eczema. There are some genetics involved, but just as a case with thyroid autoimmunity, environmental factors play a greater role. And so as usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be super valuable, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.